Greetings, friends and fellow Trekkies. Welcome to Two Star Two Trek, where tonight we are discussing Supernova Nova Nova Part Two, two. two. which is the uh, the nineteenth. That's the twentieth episode. Christ. It is the season finale for season one of Star Trek Prodigy. I'm not ready for it to be over. It's it's the yeah. se- it's the season finale and the second part of the first season finale. Classic Star Trek. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yes, very well. Yeah. I'm I'm glad that they didn't split it season one, season two. Like where they number one, season 20. one, season one is well. They already you know, they already continued. pulled that crap with us because they did the little half season arc so yeah. they could catch up with Nickelodeon's air date schedule. S- season one oh, A and one B or whatever they're calling it is not better. It is not. It's not a better thing. And they split the first yeah. season in half because Picard got in the way. So it's all it's all a mess. Damn it, John Luke. Yep. So that was John Luke's fault. Was it? Was it Picard? I thought it had to do more with Nickelodeon. Uh, the the second split, I would need to look at the uh, the air dates, air dates like it. Well, it is on TV. No, oh, it's, it was Discovery. It was Discovery's fourth season mm. that that's or the first part of Discovery's fourth season that cut it. Remember in the heady days of twenty twenty one. Oh man, that was great though. We got like fifty, uh, fifty weeks of Star Trek. Like it, it was like every week was. It was new. quite a bit of Star Trek. Oh, it was so good. So was much so good Star Trek. Uh, anyway, I'm I'm Ryan. I'm joined, of course, by my <laughs> lovely co-host, Caitlin. What? We have two fabulous guests joining us, Forrest and Katie, to talk all about this episode. We are definitely just vibes tonight. I am drinking nice, delicious hot chocolate while we record. So we are we are here I have, and we I are have iced tea because it's the new year to put a time stamp on this episode and I have decided carbonated beverage not not today, sir. Mm. I'm gonna keep up with those resolutions. I have yes. I have chicory coffee, which I'm taking the spoon out of Ooh. so I don't clink to make our lovely editor go crazy, but chicory coffee is is the mood of the evening. I'm in and out between a Seven Eleven Slurpee and water. Mm. You're my hero. <laughs> Freaking the millennial, the millennial urge to have multiple drinking options at all times. <laughs> that Correct. is amazing. But we have no uh, in and out, to be clear. So, uh, end of part one, the protostar is kind of trapped between a rock and a starship place. Mm. And... We had all of these wild theories last week about were they going to time travel? Is it all a holodeck? Do ship registration numbers matter? As far as the the time travel part, I wasn't entirely wrong. Time travel chicanery did absolutely played a part in the resolution of the episode. Yes, but it wasn't the resolution I think any of us, or at least I didn't expect. I loved how it went, but I was actually... A little, I don't know, maybe frustrated is the right word at how it was all like, nope, this is this is a problem that is happening and we're going to have to fix it some other way. And I enjoyed the the fixing and, and the, uh, this episode overall, but for all of the detail, all the time spent on ship registries, and none of it seems to matter. <laughs> yep. Welcome to the glory of 3D animation, where you were just a copy-paste away from a full fleet. <laughs> Um, excuse me, sir, a vehicle replicator away from a full fleet. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they 3D print a shuttlecraft, which I mean, is pretty cool. And, and, and like, they brought four back from the beginning of the season, <laughs> which is great. 
Yeah. If my 3D printer ran that fast, oh boy. I mean, that's that's the second time they've done, like, a time crunch vehicle replication sequence, because, like, there was yeah. that really good fight earlier in the season with uh, mm-hmm. the Dragnock mm-hmm. and Gwyn mm-hmm. and, and Rock Talk, yeah. and they're all just going to town while this thing's getting built around them, which was tons of fun. Uh, that this was just kind of happened. They were like, "We have this. Let's use it." Yeah, that was a great. That's that scene was like really one of those. Oh, this show's going to be a real thing, kind of moments. Right. And this time, I mean, it was cute. I liked the you know hold was, on to your. I'm butts. glad they went back to it. Yeah, I, yeah. I liked I liked that, but it was kind of it was very unexpected that they were just kind of like, "Well, got to get out of here. Everyone's going to blow each other up. I guess. See ya." I will say I am right. shocked that they took out the proto star. Like, right. that has been their home, their home base, their sanctuary, and they, I mean, it was, a, it's a, the resolution, I agree with it, and I actually like that they did it, but it was surprising to take that one blanket of security away from them. I mean, right. what else are you going to do? Just give up your space station to the Cardassians? Like, mm. I mean, it's never been the, done before. The audacity of it is lovely, and then... <laughs> You know, you think, like, what if they were able to get out of it without destroying the ship, right? Then these kids have to, like, give over their home to a bunch mm-hmm. of, like, xenophobic adults. And so, I don't know. Like, I feel like they made the right call being, like, J- Hologram Janeway's gonna go down with this ship. <laughs> which is extremely... Aww. The most Janeway thing to do of all time. <laughs> it is very sad, though. It, oh, oh, it was extremely sad. And the music, the score is lovely at that point, and even our, our little kiddo like, looked at us, and he was like, I don't want Hologram Janeway to be lonely. And Aww. then we all went, aww. aww. And then she exploded. <laughs> yeah. Janeway's real lonely now. Well, yep. when you're just photons, photons be free, as it were. Uh, Janeway certainly <laughs> photons across the, across the galaxy. But what a, like, and I think that any of us, you know, Voyager stands would have, could have seen it coming because when she's like, "We'll download me on a chip," it's like, "How many times did we like, try that, that with the doctor?" It's not that right. easy. Right. And what what a beautiful, yeah, what a be- whole beautiful sequence when she just kind of. And I thought the animation was gorgeous. That's what I was going to say. The yeah. artwork in that whole scene was just gorgeous, and the callback to the doctor, and then. <laughs> She says something like "Go fast," and that's so Janeway. She's oh my god! Oh, when that she got says, me. "Yeah," when she says, "When she says, Dal's like <laughs> engage or or, mm-hmm. or or let's fly." That's the other good word from Discovery. Hit it! Yeah, but, yeah. Go fast. I was just like, I mean, oh. "Go fast." We'll go down in the pantheon of great shit to say to make your ship go fast. Right. For sure. It certainly went fast and and. Three time sure and space, so it big, went big speed. Big speed. <laughs> I will say the one thing that just kind of irks me, and this happened with the uh, previous Prodigy two parter that they did. Like, I guess we're calling it season one A when they ended that. Mm-hmm. Is it just kind of like resolved itself so fast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, I I just have to keep reminding myself this is a kid show for Nickelodeon. There are but obvious commercial as if breaks. the adult version of this would have ended literally any differently. Like, let's not, you know, congratulations, well, you played yourself. It wouldn't have ended a damn bit differently. We probably would be arguing, action, you know it. We'd be arguing that it took too long. Mm. I think. Right. 
I think this resolution, I agree with Ryan. It was quick, but I don't find it nearly as frustrating as the first season 1A ending. This this was cleaner. Yeah, agreed. This was cleaner. It made sense. And it left time to set up the shenaniganery of season two, Dreams Come True. The, the other thing that I think is is maybe a different constraint on prodigy right is that it is it's it's a kid show that's fine um i i really don't think there's too much of a difference in the way they're constructing it but like you said uh it's a it's for broadcast they have to follow the nickelodeon because they show it on nick right and so like they actually have Mm -hmm. to write and and animate and put the show together for a tv broadcast slot which no other star trek has to deal with right now Lower decks can go a little longer, a little shorter. Like their finale was thirty minutes or something, or they've had a thirty-minute episode. On uh, summer twenty-two and summer twenty-four, one of the Picard episodes last season was like forty minutes or something. Like they they can right. play around with it, and but Prodigy is like, nope, this is going on the TV. So it's very much like all of the other Star Treks. And it, it, it harkens back because you see the you see those hard commercial breaks. Yes. And they're very clear where they should be as opposed to, you know, the last 15 years as streaming has become the norm, shows have largely gotten farther and farther away from hitting those very precise at this minute of the script. This has to go to ad break Mm -hmm. kind of timing. Yeah, because if you watch, uh, you know, Deep Space Nine or Next Gen uh, or, you know, any even the even the original series. You know, the ad break's coming up. They're going to do a slow zoom onto Kirk's face, and then it's going to break. He's going to deliver a one-liner. Or, or just be shocked, break. right. And yeah. then it's going to go black, and then it's going to start back up on that exact same shot. And that's the way right. TV worked. But, so Pro- right. Prodigy isn't, you know, quite like that. Though wouldn't that be a fun episode? But it's, <laughs> it is very clear they have a different constraint, and that just makes it a different form of Star Trek. Yeah. So let's talk about the back half of the episode, because that was more of what I was speaking to, is they kind of, like, solve the, the, the problem real quick. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, 15 minutes of, okay, we have to, like, set everything up for season two. We have to resolve everything for season one. They do, like, that one month later thing where the shuttlecraft lands in California, or I guess what would formerly be known as California... Like right outside of Starfleet headquarters, like 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 the bird of prey in Star Trek Four. I appreciated that. <laughs> I will say the other thing I do appreciate when they do the establishing shot and the text that says one month later Starfleet headquarters. Uh, the San Francisco Bridge is covered in solar panels. The, the Golden Gate Bridge. Or the Golden Gate Bridge. Sorry. The, the, Big yeah. Red Bridge, California. As it has been, yeah, uh, we've seen it. We've seen that shot. Did we see it in Deep Space Nine first or Next Gen? That's that's probably a trivia I should know. But when... Uh, it's really cool. Yeah, super cool shot. And then we get everything's... Everybody's favorite thing about Star Trek. That's right. Conference tables. They just love a conference <laughs> table. And they and they just talk about, like, what happened. And they, they break it all down. And Well, they have to debrief them first and then decide, are they going to try them for, like, war crimes? <laughs> right. You know? The stakes are it's high. Like, let's get these refugees out here in front of a tribunal. <laughs> like... I thought... I thought... I do, like... It was framed and, like, built. Uh, the That scene was... 
built very much in the same way as the Kelvin movies when Kirk is up there and it's like you bad yes, boy Kirk very doing Kirk stuff so and I and so I thought that was a really fun connection uh, very you know neat visual cues to to bring me to bring me to Chris Pine <laughs> well and I think Forrest I think you said it when when Prodigy was announced and we were recording like our Deep Space Nine episodes or our Voyager episodes I can't remember specifically when but you were like, is Prodigy going to be the backdoor, like, Starfleet Academy show that we never I got? have said this. And, I mean, that's that's kind of, like, where the kids end up, is that's what they, they want to enroll in Starfleet Academy. There's the whole issue of Dal is an augment, and augment's not allowed. And then, Except for all the times we have allowed it. Yeah, it except seems. for all of these times, <laughs> yeah. And then Ad- Admiral Janeway goes to bat for these kids, which is really cool because I mean, but it's, I, also, it's also something she does. Like there's precedent for her doing it. She did it for seven. You don't see it on screen, which sucks, but like right. she's always stuck up for, you know, homies helping homies. Right. Well, and that, that brings me to my next question specifically for Forrest and Caitlin, because I know you two grew up with Star Trek, whereas Katie and I didn't. Correct. I never really, saw Janeway as, like, a mother figure. I always saw her as boss bitch getting shit done. That's exactly yeah, right. Like That's the, exactly how I see her, too. Just boss she's bitch. She's the cool, childless aunt who hangs out with Naomi Wildman, but at the same <laughs> time is like, I also don't know how to replicate chicken nuggets, mm-hmm. so please go back to your room. Right. She, she, <laughs> Naomi goes to the replicator and is like, can this thing make chicken nuggets? And Janeway's like, the entire memory banks of that replicator is coffee. Um, and, <laughs> What's a nugget? Right, exactly. What part of the chicken right, is what the What part nugget? of the chicken yeah. is the nugget, Naomi? What part of what part of the dinosaur does this come from? <laughs> Do you mean the dinosaur species we just met? I don't think we can eat them but I can ask. <laughs> Might violate a directive. Or two. Yeah. Janeway, I'd like, you know, Janeway is the crazy aunt. I mean, I remember, I certainly grew up and Voyager was, was the series, right? I, I mean, what? I mean, this is, this is almost like a therapy session. How did I feel when I was a kid about <laughs> Captain Catherine Janeway? That's a great question. Yeah, maternal's not the word I, I would no, use. No, I'm not getting there. There's a fondness. No, yeah, there's definitely a yeah. fondness and a familiarity, but maternal's not not really. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really go yet. there. I know that a lot of people do, but I wouldn't. I think she's too renegade yeah. to be a mother. I think. I think crazy aunt who's a little detached from the reality of motherhood checks out. Mm-hmm. But her. Her desire to kind of do what she wants when she wants. The prime directors apply to me when I say they should. Time travel is a a coin flip. Those all kind of lend themselves to <laughs> more of a chaotic neutral lady or chaotic yeah. good even. I mean, like <laughs> I'm thinking of big Janeway moments that stand out when she fights the macro virus. She's oh, more Xena warrior princess in my mind right, than anything right. else. Big Ripley energy. Yeah, big Ripley energy also is is another connection for sure. I feel like she's kind of Ripley also a complicated relationship with mother. Yes, absolutely, right. and 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 it was designed that way, and and um, is a, a lot of that conversation is is kind of buried by other problems with masculinity, but it's not I, that kind. We're not. It's not a. Could we have an alien podcast? Maybe that's the next one. 
The next, next, next. Well, and, and, so so speaking of that, and speaking of the time period, because you know there were '90s aliens movies as well that also, you know, kind of stumbled around the points of like what '90s era feminism looked like and what you know, uh, Queen Boss Bitch looks like. It's not necessarily you know the person you want to be your mom. It's like, is it the person you want to be? I don't know about that either. But it's somebody that we need to have out there and see what she can do. Mm-hmm. And Janeway is a bit on, on the unhinged end of yeah. that, right? You know, you've got, you've got, you know, Buffy and you've got Scully and you've got all these characters from that era that are, you know, like smart women who are very capable, but like Janeway's like, also I'm out in the deep of space and I'm making choices. Yeah. And some of those choices are just real unhinged, but like at the end of the day, she's got these core values yeah. yeah, she's all. So, yeah, she's uh, she's got a little bit of a like occasional Mariska Hargitay streak in her, where she's like, "I'm going to get justice. Yes. I'm going to get justice, and nobody needs to know how or why. And if you ask me, I'm not going to tell you, but you're going to know. And like, there's some of there's some of that in Janeway too, <laughs> but there's also some two that was gorgeous two for the record. That was a beautiful Thank analogy. Thank you. Anytime we can bring Spirit up Mariska, Mariska, she's so good. she is so good. But I mean, well, I'm also thinking of the. The time travel episode where Seven has been recruited to by the time ship to keep fixing the problem that the other time guy. Right, that's a great yeah. episode. But in in that one, Janeway's just kind of like the quirky, fun. I'm along for the ride, and time travel's neat kind of <laughs> character. And Seven's right. really driving that episode. So Janeway has some, you know. And the worst episodes were always where Janeway was, you know, the forlorn, forlorn lover. You know, computer delete husband and all of that. You know, we don't we don't talk about the Irish town season <laughs> where they had like one set that they paid way too much money for, so they just kept making characters kiss cows and do stupid shit. Well, they didn't. They didn't. I don't think it was that they paid too much money for it. I think it's that they either had a contract or were desperate because Fairhaven, you will recognize. The train station is the train station in the good place. No! Oh, don't ruin really? the good place. Come on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, this is the good place. <laughs> That's not cool. They spent a whole season in the bad place. <laughs> yeah, they spent a whole season at, at the Paramount backlog. It started to crumble, but then Tom Paris was like, I'll patch it up, it'll be fine. Right, I'll patch oh, it up. Where do I want to go the now? fate of the world on Tom was, Paris. Was that the last one? Because there were Sandrines, and then there was... Uh, sandals Neelix. Um, yeah, 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 Sandals by Neelix. Yeah, and then, <laughs> That's what we call it. <laughs> and then there was Fairhaven. Are we miss? I feel like we're missing one, and I don't know where it goes in the sequence. Well, I mean, I guess you technically also could throw, like, Unimatrix Zero into that conversation, but that's like... No, 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 no. We are talking specifically about that one holodeck that they just kept running for parties. That, yeah. like, ran 24-7. They would turn it off for two hours a day to clean it, and then they would just roll it up again. <laughs> well, then you have those episodes where the holodeck was the ship, and the ship was the holodeck. Yeah, with I mean, the Nazis, where, like, World yes. War Two was yep, happening. Yep, like, yeah, that was that was a whole thing. Yeah. So, but that that brings me to what I want to talk about with, with Prodigy. <laughs> so, Admiral Janeway, Vice Admiral Janeway, Vice Admiral. <laughs> sorry, I had to put some stank on it. Has has met all of these kids except she hasn't met Dow. 
Not directly. Not directly, because, like, they body swapped. Mm-hmm. But she is never really, like, formally, like, hello, pleasure to meet you, shake hands. Well, they met all in, the in the alley. Of, like, a couple hours. They met in the alley. Oh, they, oh yeah, briefly. That's yeah. right, that's right. Before, very, very, very before she knew who he was. Outpost. Yeah, the outpost. Yeah. Alley outpost, you know, somewhere in space. There was Zindi. Who really knows what's <laughs> going on? There were Zindi there. That was wild as fuck. That was fun. <laughs> that was really fun. So... Vice Admiral Janeway goes to bat for all of these kids. Do you? I mean, it 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 happened. I think that was kind of cool to see her kind of take over because it's it's really interesting. Because like, not gonna lie, shed a tear, hologram Janeway, boom, gone. She's the OG. she's lonely, but now. like hologram mm-hmm. Janeway, yep. Vice Admiral Janeway, like two totally different characters. Mm-hmm. You know, these kids don't have that same relationship with Admiral as they do with Hologram. Yeah, and which it's, Jankampot is originally like, yeah, no, you're still my same friend. This is fine. You've got different hair. Who cares? <laughs> right. right. No, season two is going to be interesting because the dichotomy of Hologram Janeway, who's going to allow shenanigans because she knows their kids and she doesn't have the same consequences as Vice Admiral real person j- experienced Janeway. And that's going to be real weird because right. I think it's going to be a steep learning curve for Dal or Jinkum, who are kind of just like, I don't know, let's do what I want when I want. Rock Talk, I feel like, is just yeah. going to thrive under mm-hmm. under those conditions. Oh, Rock Talk will be every scientist by the end of season two. Xenobiologist. <laughs> but yeah, so good. I like Zero's new outfit. That thing's yes. cool shit. Like, it's like, like, looks great. Iron Man space outfit. Right. It's like Stormtrooper, though. A little. A little bit. <laughs> it's... He's fine. I, I mean... They're fine. Murph can't... We can't communicate with Murph, right? <laughs> so, like, how is that gonna work? I'm not gonna lie. I had that moment when she was like, all but one of you got into Starfleet Academy, and I was like, oh, because Murph is like a slime ball. <laughs> Wait, Murph's <laughs> like class pet who also knows... Like, Murph is the class bunny, and, like, yes, they don't let class bunnies become ensigns. Like, but I guess, you know, I just need to be more open-minded. Miles O'Brien is so furious that Murph is enlisted. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't it be funny if Murph enlisted and, like... Murph ends up commanding a ship. Enlisted man Murph. Enlisted Murph, yes, it's the (laughs) spinoff. We didn't know we needed. I'm dead. Well, and, and that's, do you think Murph like goes through another metamorphosis, or does he just like? Get no, taller? he just has class struggles. <laughs> no, I think he. I think this is him as a preteen. I think he's gonna teenage it up and like go on a war path. Hopefully, not literally, but I think he's gonna get yeah. moody teenage swings at the wrong time, and Janeway's gonna have to deal with a teenager at the helm of a ship who is made of goo and fairly indestructible. And that's going to be delightful. Yeah, we're going to get, like, teenage Groot energy. I'm just no, it's going to be a whole thing. I am Murph. So, the <laughs> thing about... So, it's I love that you bring up our favorite non-commissioned officer, you know, or non-commissioned <laughs> in the whole universe, Chief Miles O'Brien, who is a chief, right? So, non-commissioned. Right. Warrant officers, non-commissioned. So, like, we're getting real-life non-coms. In in season two, which is which is great, which is absolutely fantastic. I mean, it's definitely a step up from acting ensign Wesley. Mm-hmm. 
Man, acting ensigns just it's got such like a backhand. They let him be on the bridge. Well <laughs> I mean like a battle it was the flagship. <laughs> the the flagship's just handing out battlefield commissions to anybody these days. It's like the Can you imagine working your entire life <laughs> to like work and live on the flagship of the fleet and some doctor's kid Nepo babies their way right into a helmsman spot. And he's like 12 and the worst. To be fair, once Jordy moves down to the chief engineer's role, there's nobody who wants to sit in that chair anyway. Like, how many... (laughs) Data does it. Data does it all the time. Well, Data's at the... the, Well, from the point of view of the captain, Data's at the left-hand station, which is... um, True. Oh, that's right, that's right. Navigation. Yeah, no. Uh, see, now I used to know this kind of stuff. Well, see, but they they switch it though because in Strange New Worlds and in all the Kelvin stuff, they're on the right. They're mm. all on the left hand side of the ship, or the left hand side of the captain, I should say. Right hand side from the view screen camera point of view, stage right. Right, and then they they skip that problem in Voyager by just having only the pilot Tom Paris in the front. And they move right. Tuvok. So Tuvok's at tactical back. Tuvok gets his little his nook. Cubby. Yeah, and yeah. Harry Kim yeah, gets yeah. his ensign's cubby. And Voyager's bridge was huge. Now that we think about it, right? You could fit so many. Oh yeah, so many people on that bridge. Right. <laughs> Well, and I'm going to miss the Protostar Bridge, honestly. Like, that thing was sleek. It I mean, a, it is a good bridge. It's it's really weird watching Star Trek post-Mass Effect, because yeah. Mass Effect has kind of, like, influenced a lot of, like, design choices. Like, the, the outside of it is still very much Star Trek, still very much, you know, a Federation starship. But the inside of the Protostar is very Mass Effect. Like, the... The console design, the hallway designs, like, all of that stuff. And, I mean, like, even Picard, like, La Serena is a Mass Effect ship. That is oh, not, absolutely. That is not Just missing the elusive man. Mm-hmm. Right. But I agree. I've had so, those connections, too, and I thought it was just because of my limited purview with sci-fi in general. Mass Effect and Star Trek are kind of my two biggies. But I'm glad that you're yeah. saying that it is actually influencing and not just me trying to connect dots. Um, forcibly because I see that all the time. And I think that's that's really important because I guess we're getting a new protostar or we is it protostar mark two? The protostar wasn't in NX. She said it was like a prototype, but well, like it didn't have like the, an NX. They said that they approved a new class that was protostar class. The proto class. But what that means in terms of yeah, like the the actual ship that was designed post protostar unclear. Yeah, but it also makes me wonder about the prime directive because uh i imagine stealing a star to put it inside of a ship uh probably has some some magnifications uh, uh as far as plenty of stars plenty of stars in the galaxy what if you engineer uh, a star yeah, but, well isn't it like isn't it like kind of like a, a grab lab grown diamond thing yeah. like i mean i imagine it's like a what's your what's your conflict free proto star oh 100 percent right the protocore you get mr shane yeah. to like go into space the protocore is 100 percent find the best 100 percent conflict free yeah so it's not like they're stealing like a star from an m-class planet and, like dooming an entire i would species. imagine not. though that is part of the plot of the q series of novels that is quite nice the q oh, trilogy no. oh god don't say q <laughs> oh it's don't such a good trilogy 
We are so good. Had enough of your Q bullshit. This, shit, and now we're going to deal with Q. The second book that revolves around moving a star. And it's fascinating. Respectfully, John Delancey, mm-hmm. I love you. Mm-hmm. Stay out of the series. We can't handle it. Until, unless until Chakotay goes. <laughs> Then yeah. maybe we can bring on the chaos. I mean, here's the thing, though, is that Q has quite the affinity for Jane. Mm-hmm. I know. And if this show takes place, say, before the events of Picard, like, he could show up. Yeah. Yeah, he's been fucking around with Go John visit his Luke, friend so. Kathy. Go f- see what Kathy's up to. Kathy. That's, that's something that bothered me from <laughs> Picard when Q showed up and Picard's like, oh, Q's here. And Seven could have been like, which one? Or made some passing reference that Seven has also known of Q and been tormented by them. Anyway, I had another point. And then I started thinking about Q. Isn't there probably like some holonet? Starfleet Wikipedia entry on this motherfucker. Like, <laughs> it's gotta be there, right? Well, uh, Cisco, yeah. at one point in Deep Space Nine, uh, when Q shows up there for the first time, Cisco says all Starfleet commanders or captains are briefed about Q, and Kira's like the letter of the alphabet, and Cisco's like, stop it with your Bajoran sass. And then he punches Q, and Q's like, oh, I'm actually so fighting good. a god, never mind. My bad. That's on me. That's on me. Because I think there's another... One of the DS9 reboot novels deals with how Q and the Prophets are not exactly friendly. So yeah, I think... I mean, and that's the thing with this episode, is this episode of Prodigy is just... It's so much set up for season two. And that's kind of why I feel Which is fine. I mean, I like that they're gambling on themselves and like... You know, really, the, the story's tied up, but they've got places to go with it that are super exciting, and the idea that Gwen is gonna, like, first contact her own people is inadvertently kind of funny, but at the same time, I'm like, no, that's really cool, you've gotta go fill yellow, film Yellow Jacket Season 2, so, you know, we'll probably see you again soon. Yeah. Well, what did we, what did we say while we were watching it again? She's gonna go find her dad brother. Oh yeah, because like they're they're so close to first contact now, right? That, like presumably, yeah. Like they said, her father is alive. He's probably pretty young, and maybe like there will be another John Noble like running around in the but, next like, season. Teenager John Noble. They'll just cigarette weaver it and like you know be like it's fine. He's blue. We're all good. It's fine. It's fine. What do you guys think? As far as the Gwyn didn't get into Starfleet, still a war criminal thing. I think that it was the right, like, I liked how they aligned, you know, she aligned the stars and she was like, I recognize these star clusters from, you know, it was very Star Trek Generations, stellar cartography nonsense, or Astrometrics Lab. And so I think I... I miss the Astrometrics Lab. I miss the Astrometrics Lab, too. I think it it makes sense and it tracks, I don't necessarily know if there would like reasonably be anyone like who's she going off with like harry kim maybe this is how we get captain harry kim (laughs) that's who i trust that's who i trust to go explore for first contact is captain i mean he would do it he would do it a deep space mission where i don't get to see anybody for years count me in i'm back (laughs) i'm back babe They put me on the bridge, and it's not just the nighttime shift. Like, it's your bridge. It's you and a just for you, teenage refugee <laughs> going to find her planet that's probably going to get hostile real fast. Good luck. Have fun. Bye. I will say it was really touching when 
all of the kids were like sitting and just looking and then her ship takes off and Rock Talk's like, there she goes. I mean, that's such a kid thing and to like, do. It was lovely. Right. It was, oh, it was beautiful. And the music and they they show it with like a really beautiful like galaxy looking background and not just like, you know, clouds and shit. So that was kind of nice too. It was very, very, very beautiful. I liked it a lot. Yeah, gorgeous, very gorgeous art pieces throughout this last episode. I am sad to see Gwen go, but it absolutely makes sense. I don't know if it's like a Back to the Future thing where she's going to meet her mom (laughs) and her mom's going to flirt with her, Marty. (laughs) (laughs) Or what she's going to accomplish, because I don't know, it's kind of, it's going to be interesting. And I don't know if we'll get to see that or if just in six episodes she comes back being like, no worries, guys. First contact, we good. Y'all can come. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I really hope they don't take that route, though. That would seem, like, almost too easy. But, like, I also don't think it should be, like, conflict-ridden. Right. Well, you I have to decide where are we pulling attention. Are we pulling attention to trying to find Chakotay? Because now we know he's nearby in space and time. Or is it going to focus on Starfleet Academy? Is it going to focus on the kids and Janeway's dynamic? Is it going to hit Gwen's home planet and right. a different route with them and i mean there's only so many episodes in a season and like we said this is a syndicate show so it has to be within the 22 minutes or whatever there's not a lot of well don't forget wiggle wiggle. between all of this we've got chakotay flying around right somewhere (laughs) presumably not terribly hard to find i feel like hologram janeway made sure he was deposited you know in a pretty easily findable place yeah when they when they talk about the science of what the protostar did they kind of like mumble through it real quick, but they make a, a wormhole that is also a time wormhole. Double so a wormhole. Time, hole. time hole. And it's like, yes, this So it basically creates like a, like, yeah, like a. Will go directly to where Jacote was left. Yeah, it's like sure. the wormhole. So I'm assuming that's where. So he flew up into the giant butthole in the sky and yeah. then traveled through time a little. I'm assuming that's where Admiral Janeway is going to take all of these kids for their first mission. Like, nothing super, easy. Super low-key. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, just to be clear, we're going to go get my friend and we'll do other stuff later. We're going to go through right. this wormhole. It may collapse. Unclear. We're also going to go into the future. <laughs> Don't know what's there. Also unclear. And I'm going to bring these ensigns who, they have some good... Uh, Instincts, but they're also like eleven. So <laughs> cool, right? And I'm an admiral, and you have to do everything that I say. Okay, break. Ready, go, team, go. <laughs> well, and they did say it was only like a fifty-year jump, so it's not like they're gonna jump and then all of a sudden, like I don't know, like Michael Burnham's not gonna show up or anything like that. <laughs> so be like, yeah, if they do make the jump to the future with Janeway, like it's just gonna be Voyager again. It's just gonna be her in the Delta Quadrant. <laughs> like they burn out the proto drive going to the future and they're like she's like god damn it I keep doing this <laughs> and I mean, and then how many like when we think about this Voyager ended with future Janeway sacrificing herself for her past self Prodigy season one ends with hologram Janeway sacrificing herself for her other <laughs> self how many copies of there? maybe the maybe the uh the lizards show up and they sacrifice themselves. Ooh, she mentions the she lizards. Did the lizards. I was a lizard once, and it's just like casual. Oh, I casual. don't want to explain that episode it's, to my child. It's like we know <laughs> it's all you talk about—the tender embrace of Tom <laughs> Paris. 
Oh. Also a lizard. Well, that episode is like... It's like that and Tuvix. Those are the oh. only two Voyager episodes I see discussed regularly on Twitter. <laughs> that, no, like, Year of Hell. Year of Hell gets yes. thumbs up a lot. Yeah, Year of Hell has uh, well, gained a resurgence. <laughs> Year of Hell Part 2 is the chaser <laughs> to that joke. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I think I saw io9 had an article a couple days ago about how Star Trek Voyager was The Rock's finest acting yes. moment. Mm-hmm. I mean. And, I mean, but, like, it's it's... It's so weird to have it all come back around. A Star because... Trek tie into UPN wrestling, <laughs> right? UPN <laughs> well, it's, it's... knew how to cross promote, my friends. Oh, it was wonderful. It's weird to see it all come around because, like, growing up, even though I didn't grow up watching Star Trek, I kind of knew like Voyager was the bad one. <laughs> it's the goofy one. <laughs> Right. And to have it all come around where it's like, oh, well, Voyager has a spinoff show. I mean, it's about kids, but it's still like a spinoff show. And Janeway's back and like Kate Mulgrew like kicks ass. She she had a huge resurgence. She's from having a ton of fun. Orange is the new black. Like her, her career is, you know, moving, ebbing and flowing. She's, she's steadily working. She's yeah. killing and serving years and years and years. constantly. Serving and yeah, serving yeah. and swerving. And to just have her come back just so unashamed of everything they did on Voyager, even when it did get goofy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just, it's so admirable and, and awesome and cool. And I love her so much. Yeah. That's frankly what's more fun about Prodigy is that it's allowed, compared to Voyager, it's allowed... Uh, this continuity thread and goofiness to continue. Whereas Voyager always was monster yep. of the Delta Quadrant week, except for those very special two-hour episodes, in which case it was a two-hour week. So the fact that Prodigy, you know, has <laughs> gone from, right, these, you know, kids on a prison planet to warrant officers, you know, chasing down time Chicote, pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. I agree. So that wraps it up on on Prodigy Season 1. I've got one question left for each of you, and then we'll uh, touch on some final thoughts on the season as a whole. But, Caitlin, my question is, who's your favorite character out of all of them? Oh my god, that is so loaded. I'm gonna go with... I mean, I really like Dal because he gets like a very coherent arc that... Normally, the kind of goofy bad boy, yada yada, is like, has different goals than Dal has, ultimately. Mm-hmm. And and he achieves them in a, a different way that is based in how to be a good leader without being toxic. Mm-hmm. And you just don't see a lot of that on kids' shows. I, I mean, but at my heart, I love Rock Talk. Forrest, which Murph uh, character is your favorite? <laughs> Pre Metamorphosis Murph uh, is uh, obviously cuter and more fun. Overall, I, I think I would have to give my love to uh, Rock Talk just because of like enthusiasm and joy. Also, Bricker are fun. Also, some massive amount of unprocessed trauma, which is always fun in a children's show. That's funny that you say that because I was going to say the same thing. Not just because of rock talk, but Gwen has a lot of unprocessed trauma, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm really fascinated by her and her damage. Um, I like her power and strength. That's kind of quiet. It's very different from a Janeway power, which is loud and in your face. I'm also really intrigued by Zero. We don't know a lot about him. 
Yes. And I feel like season two is going to come up zero. <laughs> and I'm really, really excited to see where that goes. Because he's got his own, well, they, I guess, have their own set of issues, trauma. I mean, when he hurt Gwen, or when they hurt Gwen, the, oh, the damage he yes. felt and how that just kind of ricocheted through his little spacesuit for several days, but never really until she got better. But it was never really handled or addressed. It was just like, okay, she's better now. I can let that guilt go. But I don't think that guilt was handled. And so I think. Right. Well, and, and Zero was, was staying at Gwen's bedside the entire time. Yeah. And Zero is now a, a novelty to all the, the Star Trek, you know, the Federation scientists who are like, oh my gosh, look at this dude. Yep. <laughs> right. So, I, and like, I don't know if that's gonna, you know, wear thin. It, Who knows? It might. I mean, don't get me wrong. Rock Talk has been my favorite and I, lo- I love her dearly. Gwen is fascinating and really just kind of someone you can admire. And Zero really intrigues me. So I think I have to, I think yeah. I'm going to stay with Zero because I want to see where he goes. And anytime, anytime that Zero has thoughts or ideas, they're always unique and they tend to lead down a really cool path. And so I think having them in season two is going to be really fun. Yeah, definitely. Also, more of Zero's mystery holodeck adventures. <laughs> yeah, right. The holodeck episode where it was jumping between like the Everyone's mixtures. That, that was, was that was a lot of fun. Yes, and that's 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 a, a a good example of an episode that is easier to do in animation than it would be in live. Yeah, oh my gosh, just using yes. the format well, absolutely right. perfect. So, final thoughts. Let's go around the horn, Forrest. What are your final thoughts on Supernova Part Two, Prodigy? Season one, collective. All right, so we're in the bay. We're being rescued by uh, a shuttlecraft. We're, you know, Klingon bird of praying. So on and so on and so on. Registry number on all those shuttlecraft, which look kind of Delta Flyery, uh, but the registry number on that is Voyager's registry number with an A. Why do registry? Okay. Why do registry numbers matter in some scenes but not others? End of statement. <laughs> all right, all right. You're so butthurt about so these registry so, numbers, man. It matters. <laughs> you, it's you, you were, it matters, you, I get it. You, you weren't around in, like, the... I remember... Here's what I remember. Signing in to America <laughs> Online. Oh, I remember AOL. To load up X asterisk which was, and still is, a massively nerdy Star Trek site, to look at yep. blurry screen caps of the Wolf 359 battle it's an inside job. and a couple of other next gens to see the weird ship classes and guess it what ship is what in all of those. So, yes. Right, because not only that, but it was also 144P or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, you, you can't, you can't, you can't find that stuff yep. like easily in the yeah. I'm, I'm I bet that I bet those pages are still up. So it's just and I get that it was you know it was over Christmas and so it's probably you know it, none of the producers or anybody were were going to dig into it. But I even just feel like oh yeah it's a visual error or oh yeah it's a graphics issue would have been fine. Instead you obsess over it for weeks. Caitlin, what do you think? Final thoughts on Prodigy? I mean, Prodigy just. What a hell of a show, right? I mean, it's it's a fun time. It's good nostalgia and full of fun Easter eggs for the adults that don't break the show if you don't know any of it. It's it's good characters. It's good stories. It's 
I, I'm excited to see what they do with it next. Katie, what do you think? Final thoughts? Final thoughts. Enjoyed resolution was better than just time travel loophole. I am excited to see just where these characters end up because they've been so together and chained through hologram Janeway and now they are breaking apart and getting kick-ass real person Vice Admiral Janeway and I want to see how that develops, what kind of conflict and growth they encounter. I think that that sums it up. Prodigy good. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Great first season. Prodigy good. Much, much good. Yeah. Very Janeway. Pro, pro hologram Janeway. <laughs> and Admiral Janeway. Perfect. Well, that wraps it up for us for now. Picard comes back in March. If there's a two-parter, we'll definitely be there to cover it. And then I'm assuming once again, like last year, it's just going to be a torrent of Trek at that point where... It's going to be what? Picard, Strange New World Season 2, Discovery Season 5. Lower Decks. And then, yeah, Lower Decks Season 4. Is it just going to... You think we're going to ride that coaster? 2023, more Star Trek, all the time, baby? More stars, more tracks. More stars, more tracks. I don't know if it'll all be back-to-back. I think that's probably a pandemic-era production stretch. But, oh yeah, we're getting lots of Trek. Lots of Trek coming up. So yeah, we will definitely be covering any two-parters that crop up in the next year or so of Star Trek, but we're very excited to see where it goes. So until next time, to be continued!